Huh. It, it young can, rye, huh? Young rye, so really? two-year-old rye can be really fantastic. Uh, is it really two, lively? Is a, what's, yeah, what's, what's... exactly. It can be very lively. You can fill it all over your palate. The, the spice will be there. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, by Heaven Hill Brands, and DraftKings. Enter Fred at DraftKings.com for a chance at millions of dollars in prizes with first deposit. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fred Minnick Show. So glad to have you here uh, listening. Thank you for downloading, or if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for pressing play. Folks, we are on a mission here with this podcast. I want everybody to have one of these stickers. It's the Fred Minnick Show sticker. Just put it on your laptop or your car, your backpack, wherever, your however, whatever you do with stickers. Just please don't use them in criminal activity. As I've mentioned many times before, I don't need the cops calling me asking me why somebody holding my sticker is robbing a bank. All you got to do is hit me up on fredminnick.com. That's fredminnick.com. Click the contact button and uh, type that you want a sticker and send me your address, and I'll be happy to send you one with a handwritten note. And believe me, I, I've gotten, uh, I, I've sent some doozies. There's uh, one fella who had the same name as uh, somebody I went to uh, high school with. I was like, hey, what's going on, Kevin? Long time no see. It. Is it, oh, by the way, is this the same one I went to high school with? So, uh, yeah, I, I send some really ridiculously dumb things. But hey, that's what I do. This week's guest is very special. Now, over the years, I've interviewed a lot of musicians who uh, have gotten into the spirits game. Like, so they started a spirit or something, but I've never interviewed a very popular musician with a story quite like this. Now, Billy Gold's famously known for being with, you know, Faith No More. He's the basis for Faith No More. Iconic alternative rock band. Just iconic. And that's a band that will stand the test of time. I love Faith No More. I mean, who doesn't? Incredible band. And, you know, Bill or Billy, he is a huge uh, Rakija fan. Now, we're talking about Serbian Brandy. Now, usually when a musician is starting a brand, they are starting a vodka or a bourbon or something that's like really popular and something that there would be instant demand for. I can tell you right now, there is little to no demand for Serbian brandy outside of places like uh, Slovenia and Croatia. And he started this brand right here, and he tells us the story about Yebaga and why it's important to him and the things that, uh, the reason why he started it and some of the struggles that he's actually having in the spirits industry. So if you are, if you are a general fan of spirits or you like learning about the spirits business, you're really going to get a great, great education here in in this episode. But if you're a fan of Faith No More, you're going to get to see a side of Bill Gold that you've never seen before. He's a really, really great dude. And I'm telling you, I could sip uh, Rakija with him all day long or whiskey or whatever. Now, we also end up tasting some rye whiskeys, and uh, he did pick a favorite. He did pick a favorite out of the three we tasted. So enjoy this episode. And I have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. You know I'm a big fan of the NFL. You know I've been on DraftKings. And you can join me there too. Go to DraftKings.com. Enter Fred in the checkout for a chance to win millions of dollars in prizes. Now, it's simple. You just pick your lineup. You stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use code FRED. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code FRED to get... A free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code FRED only at DraftKings.com, the official fantasy partner of the NFL. 
minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for official details. Uh, one, one more thing. Now, this interview takes place um, a month ago. So this was prior to a September 14th, September 14th announcement from Faith No More that they are canceling their tour, uh, citing mental health reasons. Now, listen, Mike Patton is an icon in rock, especially alternative rock. And my heart goes out to you, Mike. Uh, someone who's battled PTSD over the years, you know, people who who don't who have not battled these issues before don't understand the kind of stress that can come on you uh, on something from something like the pandemic or a tour. So I am I am 100 percent certain that we will see you back on stage when you are ready and you take care of yourself. But I wanted to tell everybody that this interview takes place before Faith No More cancels their tour. And Billy and I actually do talk about their tour when, in fact, now we know that the tour is not happening. But the enthusiasm, the sound of Billy's voice was so energetic and everything. I thought it was just too important to, to, cut, to cut that out. So uh, let's uh, enjoy this week's interview with the great Billy Gold of Faith No More. But first, people want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard-made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Mike Hines here, founder of Nashville Barrel Company. Hey, look, I invested my life savings into drinking bourbon. And damn it, I want to drink a bourbon with you. Come see me at Nashville Barrel Company, just minutes from downtown Nashville. Must be 21 dinner. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18 year old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. And now joining the Fred Minnick Show, uh, Bill Gold from Faith No More. How you doing, sir? Good to see you. I'm, do- I'm doing great, Fred. Good to see you too. So, you know, Faith No More is like 
one of these like iconic bands, you know, you've been around for forever, you headline shows forever and you've got so you've got, you know, so many hits, but you guys have you all have like a cult following um, you know, that's you know, that's kind of transcend, you know, it goes through like all the de- all the decades, you know. And I I got to imagine that's not an easy thing to do. You know, especially with how music has changed, and I like—I like just kind of jumping right in and asking like a fun question. But how—how have—how has Faith No More been able to retain such a fan base? You know, through different lead singers and through different generations, because it really is amazing to see your fans. You know, uh, I think the thing is that we made a lot of decisions probably over time where. There's always a point like you do this, it's going to work. But if you do this, it might work. It might not work. But you're kind of going with your gut. Uh, We did a lot of things with our gut that even didn't work at the time. But I think we got a lot of respect from our fans for the fact that we were kind of like really following something that was like a a really a a musical path and and not just thinking of what the career move was. And um, and we also took a beating for it, and we kept doing it. And and so, I don't know. You can't really say what a Faith the More fan is, but I think that there is a certain respect that we have uh, for kind of what we do, and, and what the fans have for us. And that that if we take a chance on something, we, we're probably into it. And and I think that's kind of how we survive, and how people still want to care about what we do now. Sure. Is, is there, and you know, you have a song epic that kind of like, you know, it gets played all the time on playlists and movies and things like that. So it doesn't right. hurt to have a top 10, you know, no. hit like that. But, but that's like, to me, that's, that's not even like faith, no more music. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a hit that a lot of, that resonated with a lot of people. But what, what's an example of a, of something that, that you said you got, you said you got dinged on or you didn't do right or whatever. And you, 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 oh. you felt the concert. What's, what's an example of that? I mean, you know, we went through it. We had a different singer before and, and, and just right. losing our first singer. I mean, people were like, why are you doing that? That's a completely wrong way to go. Usually he's, 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 you know, the focal piece of the band. Um, you know, we put out the real thing record and, and we toured it for about a year and a half. It went mm-hmm. platinum and uh, we did angel dust, which was completely, was a left turn and everybody who was working with us, like at the, say from the record company, all that were like, Oh, you guys, why are you blowing it like this? (laughs) Uh, Then we did King for a day, which was the same thing. It was very different than the album before that. Every record of ours is a little bit different in that it's not kind of following a formula per se. We we have this chemistry, but uh, you know, we did get dinged on each of those steps we've done. But I, but I also think that because we were so, tight with each other it, it, it didn't hurt that bad <laughs> and uh, we came out of it so and you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned chuck um yeah and i know he passed away in a right. few years ago did did you all remain close we did uh i mean that was tough because well chuck and i go back till back from probably i met him when i was about 13 or 14 years old oh wow I was in my first band with him, and he was like my big brother. So, you know, we went through a lot of changes. By the time we separated, we were, it was, we kind of worn out the friendship part of it. Roddy stayed a little connected, but uh, the past 10 years uh, before Chuck died, we, we kind of reconnected and we got to do some shows with him at the end, which I thought were really great. Uh, I know they meant a lot to him, but it was also really good for us to kind of go back to a kind of a closer relationship that we had in the very beginning. Oh, that's awesome. Of course, Faith No More is uh, headlining uh, the uh, Aftershock Festival in Sacramento, California, coming up this fall. And um, it's pretty cool because that's being presented by uh, Jack Daniels, that that, that Tuesday uh, segment. So I'm very – I always like it when I see a whiskey connected to uh, uh, to a show. So it's good to see you all headlining that in Sacramento. That's coming up. And, of course, your tour dates – uh, are on your website and you all are staying busy or you know there's been a lot of musicians pull out because of covid cancel their tours and you all are keeping going we're gonna do it i mean it's i mean this data changes every day when we booked this tour 
we kind of were feeling like we were coming out of the worst of it and then it kind of flared up again, but we're going to do it. Uh, and we're just going to, you know, I, I kind of see it like a little bit like, you know, it's a rock and roll adventure in a, in a way I would have never anticipated, but you know, it's music is dangerous again. Yeah. Well, right. It, it, it is. And there's, uh, you know, I like, I like seeing the, the, the bands of my, of my youth getting the attention from the youth today. So, and that's definitely the case with Faith No More. And I was, I was fascinated with uh, a random PR pitch I got out of nowhere uh, from someone I worked with on a, on a different project uh, pitching me about Serbian brandy. I have been a spirits writer for 15 years and I have never been pitched about Serbian brandy. And so automatically my I'm like fascinated and interested in this because I love anybody who's making brand I, I love I love uh, brandies and the culture of brandy and everything and and then when she said it was your brand and you were attached to it I was like this is awesome but you, you now you got to tell me and and the brand is uh I'm gonna it's called Yebiga. I would have yeah. got that right, and then it's um, so. What, what? Tell me, tell us about the brand and and what uh, what does Yebiga mean? Uh, the brand started because well, I've been going to Serbia and Balkans in general because Zaki is something that they drink all over the Balkans, from Slovenia to Bulgaria and everywhere in between. Um, people like you did not know about Rakia, and. I've been going back for it. And, and, and when you go to Serbia or a place like Croatia, I mean, the family brings out the rakia. It's a very special thing. It's, it, it's an iconic thing. That it's, it's part of the household. And I became attached to it just by going there a lot and realizing that not only could I really not find the kind of stuff here that I mm-hmm. wanted to get, but there wasn't a lot of awareness about it. People didn't really know about it. And somehow that it's kind of a spirit that kind of never really made it over the net. And, I didn't see anybody doing it. And I kind of felt like I, you know, I know some people out there who, who really know how to do it right, who are part of the culture. And I could actually introduce to a version of it that, that, you know, stand up for the, for the category. And where are they, where do they get their plums? Do they, do they grow them there? They absolutely grow them there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the thing about Rakia and this kind of brandy in general is, um, just about every family in the Balkans makes rakia, or their grandfather makes it mm-hmm. from the fruit from their yard. Uh, it, it was just kind of a very utilitarian thing. I mean, they've been doing it for about 800 years. Uh, they disinfect the house with it. You know, they, they, can, they can even put it in the tractor if they run out of gas. You know, it, there's a lot of functional uses about rakia. It also, you know, keeps you warm in winter and helps you socialize. And, you know, you can also trade rakia for other people's products, vegetables, whatever. Um, so it's, it's a it's, it's a big part of life. Um, this rakia that, that I make with mine comes from a family farm, and the grandmother, was, who's now dead, was born on this farm around 1900. So it goes back. These plums come from this farm, uh, and these plums are very particular plums. I mean, it, when you start talking about things like brandies, eau de vies, um, terroir starts taking. Right. Uh, an important role because what you're trying to do is try to translate from the fruit to the bottle. You don't want to stand in the way of the actual fruit. And depending on where the fruit is grown, it can have its own personality. This this fruit has a certain personality from the center of uh, middle of Serbia. It's going on a little farm up on a dirt road in the middle of the hills, about as rustic as it gets. Wow. And who is the uh, the lady on here? Is that the grandmother? the The photo on the bottle. She's not the grandmother, but she is a Balkan grandmother. She is like everybody's Balkan grandmother. This particular woman uh, was from an area of Croatia called Slavonia, and she made rakia until mm-hmm. she was ninety eight years old. And the cool thing about her was um, she really believed in pure natural approach to rakia. It's like fruit water nothing else and fruit from 
you know the fruit. You source the fruit yourself. You pick the plums by hand. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's kind of a patron saint, actually, for what I'm trying to do. Wow. And in the creation of it, this is all pot stills. Um, pot stills. No column stills there. Is it? Uh, are there any like? Um, uh, is there any sugar or anything like that added to this? No sugar. Absolutely nothing. Plums okay. and water, uh, and the mountain water, basically right out of a well. Um, there is a column still that is used to a very small degree, mm-hmm. and that's because um, it, it makes a. Um, we have a problem with 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 plums in particular. These plums is the the pectin produces a methanol level that that if you keep it a natural product, it's a little difficult to get through the U.S. standard. So there's a little bit of column still action to kind of keep just the uh, keep it distillate, but and keep it natural, uh, but. Um, yeah, in, in other available. in other words, uh, Americans aren't quite as uh, uh, don't quite have the stamina the Serbians do for uh, for a good <laughs> for a good Serbian plum brandy. I like it. Uh, well, I w- let's start with the with the unaged. Now, do, is there any kind of filtration okay. or anything that goes uh, with it? There is filtration, and it's uh, cold stabilized. Okay. Um, but basically, no. This is um, this is. Uh, it takes about six months just to sit in stainless steel, just to kind of you know stop being so angry. But this is this is this would be a rakia that would be um, that you would have around the farm uh, mm-hmm. for daily use and uh, made. I mean, oh let's yeah, see. it's really uh, kind of tough. To- that smells. Uh, that's very bright. This is, it's about an alcohol level, about 40%. Um, hmm. What's really important, like I was saying back uh, about fruit, again, was that, you know, the fruit itself is super important, where it comes mm-hmm. from and when you pick it. And so these trees, uh, th- these plums are only picked by hand at like maximum technical ripeness, which mm-hmm. means you could be revisiting the same tree like five times before you get all the plums out of them because they kind of all ripen at different times. And so this, what goes into this is actually from plums that are ripe at the right time. Okay. Well, I tell you what, from a, from a, from a smelling perspective, uh, it reminds me of grape juice. Like after it kind of like some of the alcohol notes, it's just kind of, it's a really, really nice kind of sweet. It smells very sweet. Mm. Definitely kind of in that O to B conversation. This is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic if you're like an O to V fan. I would have never I wouldn't I mean I would love to taste these plums. So do these do these plums do these taste similar to something that you would get in a grocery store? No, they're they're actually they're they're different, and they look different. They're they're bright blue. Um, they're these Serbian plums. There's about five of them that they use for rocket. They distill really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also do use. I think what we get here are the Stanley plums. They 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 use those too. It, it's not the same. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just something very distinctive about Serbian plums. Yeah, and I've had uh, I've had plum brandy from uh, you know some of the Asian countries, uh, from a couple African countries oh, wow. before. Um, this is definitely oh, wow. interesting. This is, this is definitely outside of the flavor profile of um, plum brandies I've had in the past because they tend to uh, lacerate them with, with with secondary sugaring and so forth. Right, but that is that is a really nice. Really nice one. What's the price point on that? Uh, this is about twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, in the store. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be great at a co- a really nice craft cocktail bar. All That's right, so- the, the good thing about yeah, this. Yeah, you can you can mix that one because it's really there's not much to get in the way that you're going to destroy. And even though it is sweet, like you smell the sweetness, it, it's still kind of a dry drink. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say this would be make a really good, uh, like I think it would go really great with vermouth. Like I just I want to make like uh, I hate vodka. I'm sure you know that about me, 
but I love martinis with gin. So I love mm-hmm. a gin martini, and I think this would I think this would be a, make a very elegant uh, martini style. Awesome. So tell All me right. tell me what's the age on this? Like how long is it aged? Um, well, the minimum age is eighteen months. Is that a is that a uh, is that a legal requirement? Um, I think it's like it is here. I think that the, mm-hmm. the youngest distillate is the uh, is the the age. Okay. Okay. So. But you're not required to age it for at least uh, 18 months. You can re- no, okay. No, these these can get aged up to 20 years. But um, I couldn't have brought that a 20 year rakia here. It wouldn't have made any sense to do because it would just so, be gone, and that would be the end of the story. So, are, are there 20 year old rakias out there that we can just that, go knocking on a door and and get them out of someone's uh, home? That's the only way to get them uh, because the people with these Rockies don't sell them generally. They're family yeah. heirlooms. Uh, and it's, it's tough. It's tough for people who live here who grew up there who want that because they grew up with it. And, and this is kind of my way of kind of bringing some of that here. Yeah, this is so different in a good way. I mean – Yeah, this is excellent. This is all I drink. <laughs> really? I love it. You don't drink anything else? Uh, no, this is Rocky is kind of my thing. So that's uh, you, obviously. That's why you started a brand. You're just basically finding a uh, a business investment for your own hobby. I love it. Yeah, in a way. You know, it's really funny. I mean, I've had friends, like band mem- uh, musicians, who've gone touring there, and I've just said, like, Help bring back Arakia for me, please, you know, because it's the only way to get it is to bring it back on a plane. And I had a friend of mine, he, he was, there's a bar in my neighborhood in San Francisco where I live across the street. And I said, meet me in this bar and we'll do the handoff. Mm-hmm. And um, he was there. He handed it to me. This bottle slipped out of my hands and broke on the floor. Oh, Shat- man. And I'm just like, I cannot tell you, you know, I waited six months for that bottle, you know, and, and mm. it's just like, yeah, I need to do this for myself. Well, <laughs> this is what I like to drink. How how much of uh you know, so you obviously you know there are few businesses as archaic as the music industry with all the hurdles and everything that you have to go through and you know, the amount of lawyers you have to use to to have one deal, uh it's absurd. Right. But but the alcohol industry is not far off from its absurdities for the amount of regulations and ridiculous things you have to do. From a business perspective, how similar was uh, getting into the alcohol game to, to music? I see a lot of similarities. Uh, it's funny. You know, there is a steep learning curve uh, in just, you know, I've got this thing that nobody knows what the hell it is. And how am I going to get anybody to care about it, right? I and mean, what again, Bill. I have to learn, you know? Bill, the very first pitch I've had on this in my entire career was was yeah. on this bottle and and i've been doing this for 15 years i've written about uh uh baju i wrote a book on mead uh i've written a book on rum you know several books on on whiskeys and and like usually there will be an importer who has a one-off or there will be someone talking about this uh little special thing they that they have that's made from distilled roots and grease or something. There's always something like this has never come up in my, uh, in my world. And I'm a judge in like all the competitions too. And it's, I've never seen it. So this is crazy. It is fast. This is why it had to be done. It really had to be done. It's a shame to think that there's stuff like this out there that isn't just getting here, you know, it's just, it's a cultural thing and, and there's a vibe. I mean, you just tasting this. I mean, you know that it's different, but, there's a certain feeling with Rakia that I get. I'm being a little subjective, but but I've heard it from other people too. It's it's there's a certain mental state that you get into if you're drinking, you know, a scotch or you're drinking a Rakia or you're drinking tequila. And this kind of has its own personality. It, I just kind of feel like it it should be an option, you know. Right. Now, are there other brands that are being imported here? There are. Um, I would say that. Um, sleeve of it. This is basically a sleeve of it. Um, but what you get um, is are things that are they're not made like this one. Um, mm-hmm. This is 
you can get Slivovitz that was made in a nice distillery that, that you can buy in a store and it's got a good price point, but um, it's not what I kind of feel is like the heart of the Balkans, which is the family Rakia that you, that you have at a wedding or a funeral, mm-hmm. really special things with, with, with people that you care about. Uh, that was the thing I couldn't get. And that's, this is what I think is different. And, and what makes it different is kind of the process. Um, it's just so rustic. It's, it's so traditional. We were like strictly traditional. And, and that's, that's kind of the whole point actually, because this is, when you look at the essence of what a really a rocket is, I, that's that's kind of what I was shooting for. Well, everybody listening or watching here, uh, the brand is called uh, Yebaga uh, Rakia, and what and there's and then there's P R V A in quotations on this. Like, what does that mean? So Perva means the first, uh, and it was because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> here's the first shot, you know. So Got it. That came first. I love it. Well, I, I mean, everyone, ta- everyone. If I could do my best job to describe this for you, it is like if you if you love spirits, if you like seeing how things fill on your palate, um, this is going to be tracking in, in in a in the way a lot of young brandies do, but not not like um, not not a great brandy. But I would say this is probably closer to a pear or an apple brandy. Or an Applejack, uh, without any of the you know kind of dosage to it. This is, this is really, this really does have a place, I think, on on, on people's bars. And I'll tell you, Bill, I tasted it with um, Bill Thomas, who's the owner of Jack Rose, the world's largest whiskey bar, because he is an enormous Faith No More fan. <laughs> uh, like he uh, he watched him play in D.C. And uh, smoked a smoked a cigarette or something with Chuck. I I, I don't remember the story, and I'll, and I'll butcher it. But but he tasted this, and he was he was really surprised by it. But That's this cool. is this is uh, this is really good stuff. It's something interesting. It's very interesting, and I think everybody should get it. But we'll we'll uh, cheers. We're, go- we're gonna move on to some whiskey now. But definitely right. cheers. Now you okay, said man. you said this is all you drink, but are you okay going to whiskey? You, I am. I, right. I'm not experienced with whiskey. Uh, I have I have a neighbor who's really into whiskey, and he's kind of turned me on to some things, but I can't say that I'm really a knowledge head on whiskey. Well, so but you, you have, have to a, guide me through this a little. Yeah, you have a but you have a great understanding of spirits, and and I think that's a good that's a good step. Uh, we have we're this is an all rye whiskey taste off here. Okay. We have uh, we have Emerald, uh, basically Redwood Empire Emerald Giant. Mm-hmm. This this is uh, a three year old coming out. Uh, it's you know distilled in Indiana and bottled in Sonoma. We have a uh, Whistle Pig. This is their mm-hmm. Boss Hog Edition. And okay. the, the age on this one. I don't know what the age on this one is, but it's, it says uh, seventeen years on my bottle. Okay, so this is the seventeen-year-old one. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so seventeen years old on that guy, and then we have the ten-year-old uh, Michter's Rye. This one just came out, and all three. Oh, excuse me. All three of these are really. Really sought after, really beloved. Uh, the Emerald Great. Rye is probably is probably the one that's not on a lot of people's radars, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pretty good. So let's go ahead and start with that. Alrighty, now, Rye. Rye used to be this was you know before bourbon. Rye was really what American distillers made because the English did not want uh, distillers making anything out of corn. They wanted corn to be used for feeding uh, livestock and, of course, humans. And when we became our own country, people started distilling corn, and eventually they would move away from rye. But rye would be a stronghold in Pennsylvania, Maryland, mm-hmm. and New York. Uh, after Prohibition, they kind of died out, and, and rye was basically gone and only distilled but like maybe once a month at like these Kentucky distilleries. And now there's been a resurgence, and so we've there's a lot of really great rye stocks coming on the market of late. 
And to be rye, if it's made in the United States, it has to be at least 51% rye of the grain. Uh, there's different terms and definitions across the world. So rye whiskey can be made anywhere in the world. And, uh, in fact, mm-hmm. it's mostly known, you know, in Canada. In Canada, they they will make uh, they will make rye that is absolutely fantastic. So here we are with the Redwood Empire, three years old. Quite a bit different than uh, what uh, what we just sipped. Wow. Now, is there a thing? Is there a rule of thumb with with aging? Um, uh, the turbines where you want to hold it in your mouth for a certain amount of time per year of in the barrel, or so. There's some sweet spots in, in aging whiskey. Um, you know, you start to see a lot of the life around three years old, which this is an amazing pour for a three-year-old. Um, it says aged at least three years old. They could have other stocks in there, but kind of like you were saying, like with the 18th month old, you know, if you're doing going to do an age statement, you have to have the youngest barrel of the batch in there. Right. And this is, you know, this is very velvety. It's very rich. It um, is. There's some cinnamon in there. There's some some rye bread. But I get yeah. like a cinnamon. I get a cinnamon toast crunch. You know that cereal? Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I really yeah. like that. It's got a really nice finish to it. Yeah. But aging aging rye whiskey, uh, you know, young rye can taste great. Uh huh. Young can, rye, huh? Young rye. So really? two year old rye can be really fantastic. Uh, is it really to, lively? Is a, what's, yeah, what's, what's, exactly. It can be very lively. You can fill it all over your palate. The the spice will be there. You know the the time frame of three to five years old. You know it's a little deeper in the wood, and it's you know it's changing up a little bit. And then when you get to like eight years old, uh, that the vibrancy is caressed all around the barrel, and then you're starting to see like a lot more buttery mouthfeel come out of it. But rye ages differently than bourbon in my opinion interesting and it's um you know i think what we have here what redwood empire did with this release uh they just they absolutely hit a home run because this is tasting far above its three-year-old age statement very interesting it's very really really nice all right so i like i like doing this from time to time you're tasting, you're tasting Redwood Empire. Let me see if there's a batch number here. I, I don't have a batch number on it, but what you just tasted, what is a, is there a Faith No More song that it reminds you of? <laughs> let me, uh, let me need another taste to think about that. Hang on. Huh. I would go. I would go for something older. I would say, boy, you know, it's funny. So, Faith No More songs that end up recorded uh, are not Faith No More songs that started when they were first written. And so, I, this actually reminds me of the song that we did on an album called "Introduce Yourself," called "And Song." Uh, but it isn't the Ann song that you end up hearing recorded. It's the Ann song that was the demo that we did where I really wanted how I wanted it to sound in the original part of it. Uh, it was a lot more sumptuous than, than it came out. It came out very angular and very uh, clear. But there's something about this. There's a there's a certain kind of um, uh, I don't say soft as the quality, but, mm-hmm. but but lush quality that uh, it didn't make it in the song in the recording. But that's what I wanted. So does I that would say it reminds me of that. Does that happen a lot? Like, because you're you're a producer and you you know you 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 get your way a lot in those rooms, and if you if there's a sound that doesn't make the the cutting board, I gotta imagine that doesn't happen very often. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to see where a song takes you as well. Mm. Sometimes you kind of have to see where it's taking you, and you have to have a you have to kind of get your own step out of the way a little bit and let it be what it wants to be. Uh, and, and it's kind of like having a child having a song and that, you know, it kind of is going to have its own life and it's, it's going to kind of be what it is. And, and 
the more you try to make it into something else, you can you can create a lot of grief for yourself, a lot of frustration. Well, so, I got I got to imagine too. You also can just boycott a, a show one night and say, well, you know what, I'm not playing bass tonight. You know, you know, do it my way or no bass. You know, <laughs> imagine that. Well, uh, not really. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you you, you know it you. It's tough. It's tough. It's like people are doing a website right now. You know, it's like, you know, you know, you want something to be some way, but you know, if it's not happening, how much work is it going to take? Where are you going to go till it gets there? And how much? Everything is always a, a result of a certain amount of compromise at the end, and, and what you can live with, and what it ended up being. And, and that song is like that. And I don't know. I, I kind of seeing that with, with, with even with, with with my limited world of spirits. It's like with fruit, especially. It's like. What is the what does it want to be? You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it? It's not all about me. I just want to give it a chance. To, I don't. I, I just don't want to interfere with it too much. Yeah. Well, I think that's. I think that's well said. Does that make sense? Yeah, a- absolutely. Especially you know by now, you all know your sound. You know what you want to do for the most part, and um, you know. I- yeah, but we don't really think about it. It's like a fingerprint. We kind of have this thing that's ours. And we don't really say, I want our sound to sound like this. This is going to be angry, this one. Like, it's more like we kind of, we have, it's just kind of how it all cooks together, you know, like gumbo. And and, and, and there's a lot of that. You kind of have to leave a little bit up to the universe, too. Yeah, sure. Well, now we're going to go to uh, Boss Hog. Okay. So, this is um, three, this is a... Seven. This is finished in. This is a, uh, yeah. This is 17 years old. This is distilled in Canada, and it's finished in Spanish oak and Whoa. South and South American teak wood. Of course, teak is very popular in uh, finished in teak wood. Yeah, it's very popular in the furniture world. So is it just very dense wood where you don't get a lot of uh, evaporation and, and not a lot of influence on the barrel? Or? You know, so some of those, so this would have been like in an American oak at first, and then they put them in these other barrels for short periods of time. It's a very popular thing to do in American whiskey, uh, as well as scotch and Irish whiskey. But, um, you know, this is a... Whoa. This is... you wow. know when you, when you see those other types of woods... There definitely is a different evaporation, very, very different wow. amount of like tannins that come through. Um, this, is, this is really interesting. Very lively too. I mean, it's like somebody put a cinnamon stick in there for me. Yeah, it's unbelievable, unbelievable with that cinnamon note. I mean, with a bourbon, like when you have something that's seventeen years. Is it unusual to have something this this alive uh, after this much time? Because I know, like, there's, with Rocky, I, I found there's a critical period of about maybe twelve to fifteen years where you're almost getting more barrel than 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 distilled. Yeah, we would say that's over oaked, um, right? And you know what they did here is they they um, introduced the whiskey to two different types of wood that people don't normally see. So that means they had custom barrels done and uh, frankly i've just never tasted anything quite as um or it's it just it's like a cinnamon toothpick you know mm-hmm. it's it's it's, mm-hmm. just, it's <laughs> so you can taste the wood but the the wood is hard to taste like over the incredible amounts of uh cinnamon i mean there's definitely an Very. occasion for it Wow. Wow. It's like a breath mint almost. Very, very intense. I really like it, actually. Yeah. It picks me up. Yeah, it, it's uh, it could be a breakfast drink, you know? <laughs> uh, how, how do Chris how, put in some eggnog. It's some eggnog. Um, you know, how, how do they drink in, uh, in Serbia? What's, do they drink, um, in the morning, do they drink during the day or just in the evening, or how, how do they all. how do they normally drink this? All uh, everybody, well, I can say everybody. Older generation has a shot of rocky in the morning at breakfast. It's kind of like the way to start the day and kind of clear yourself out. 
Um, people do it like the work in the fields. They'll drink rakia and then work in the fields. Like you hear these fantastical things, like people saying, "Like oh yeah, I just drink rakia and I don't need water for the whole day." <laughs> it's just it's everywhere, and then they have it for dinner, and yeah, and then they're rubbing the kids' teeth with it, and it's just everywhere. But but older people. You will see in Serbia uh, an old woman like the woman on our bottle, and you interview her, and she would say, well, you know, what did you do with your long life and your good health? And she would say, like, I, I had two shots of rakia every day for my whole life, and that's why I lived as long as I did. So it's very much – it's okay to do in the morning. It's not a stigma, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, like in, in our country – you know, people just can't have one. They flip, they flip up the entire bottle in a parking lot before they it's, go to work. It's a, it, there's a little bit of a different. That's a cultural difference there. And and I would say, like with with Rocky, you don't just slam it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you kind of have conversations with it. It's a kind of a it's kind of a conversation enhancer. Yeah, kind of like what we're doing here. You know? Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, you know, I love this next one we're going to, the Michters, the Michters 10-year-old. Got it. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite ryes year in, year out when it comes out. I was so excited when I got this bottle because I got it, I got it in time to send to you. Ooh, wow. Send you a taste. This has almost got some fruit in it in the smell. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, it's funny. I've had I've had rakia in Serbia that it could almost be similar to this in the nose. Wow. This is really, really got some life to it. Okay, this is a great, great, great drink. I love this. This is great. Home. This is fantastic. Run. Wow. 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 It's hard to believe it's it's 92 proof because uh, I could I feel like I could <laughs> this would be no problem to drink over the course of an afternoon. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is uh this is definitely sipping. This is sipping whiskey wow. right here. Wow. Great stuff. All right, what song does this remind you of? Ooh, good, good, good. Okay. Uh, this is something, there's a lot of substance to this one. Um, and there's a lot of elegance to it. I would say, uh, uh, something with some meat, something with some bottom end. Uh, I would say, boy, 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 all these records, these songs, a little bit lush. Separation anxiety in our last record. That's what I would. Outside, I would compare this to. It's very robust. It's very. Uh, it's very structured. Very elegant. Uh, very stable. Uh, what's the word? Potential. It's very. Um, it's got a lot of fortitude. I dig it. It's quite good. I really dig it's, it. It's almost one's... like it's like it's like a buttery. You know, kind of uh, mouthfeel. You know, one of the one of the unfortunate things about this this uh, this company is that they don't disclose their mash bills, so I can't tell you like how much rise in here. But I have a pretty good uh, educational guess that they're on the lower side of rye mm-hmm. because you know there's a lot of sweetness in here. There's there's some bourbon kind of mouthfeely components. Um, but this is this is one of the best ryes I have tasted all year. It's fantastic. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. There's and, something really amazing about this one. And just think about how different the three ryes that we have tasted are. Totally. Isn't, totally. It, aren't, isn't it incredible how different they are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really different. So it's I funny. didn't ask you what song uh, The Whistle Pig reminded you of. So I'll, I'll go back to that. Which with the boss hog? <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to the whistle pig then. <laughs> yeah, the the All cinnamon right. the cinnamon oak one. Oh, the cinnamon oak. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. And as you as as you do that, I kind of kind of want to get your feel for 
um, like you all were very early on with this this ability to kind of mix genres and then kind of uh, be a standout in the alternative. And I was wondering, you know, you see it so much now. Like, what do you, what do you think of when you see like a country artist uh, collaborate with like Pitbull or a heavy metal? Uh, artists, you know, collaborate with like Run the Jewels. Is there, there seems to be a lot of really cool crossover collaborations, and you all were so, you know, in terms of the history and importance of getting to to where we are today, you all are so important to that. And I was just curious what you think about where we are. I mean, I I think it's great to see these really out out oddball things coming together. I mean, I, the biggest problem I had growing up with music was I kind of felt like. I lived in a bit of a monoculture, like things tend to sing the same. And and I understand when you have an economy this big and you're trying to distribute goods and services, keeping things standardized makes things move in big quantities. Like I get the concept, but as a music fan, I very rarely got surprised, you know, and, and these oddball things, I think to me are the things that bring new ideas, things that you wouldn't think would fit together and mixing them together. That's, that's where the magic is to me. Yeah. What's a what's a sound you would like to hear today? <laughs> a sound. Yeah, what am I missing? What am I missing? You know, I'm missing a little bit of like really just animal spontaneity. Uh, I'm kind of showing my age because I grew up, you know, in the in the '80s, you know, going to shows and stuff like that. When there was the punk rock was was alive and well, was, like Black Flag was touring, and mm-hmm. there was a certain animalistic. Thing that that was part of being a part of a live event. That you mean, um, do you mean like Ozzy with an actual bat on stage or little? little no, less? That, that I was never into that. I, I mean, like full on sweaty physical contact, ah. you know. And um, I feel like like people make a lot of lip service to this, like being authentic and being real. But I'm not really feeling that. You know, I'm not feeling mm-hmm. this kind of like courageousness of somebody just just doing something that 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 might not even connect with people but doing it completely fearlessly yeah Uh, there's a there's a kid uh one of the shows i was a part of uh this kid just started climbing and he and he climbed up all the way on top of the stage and was singing and i was like this dude's gonna drop dead it was a band called joyous wolf okay and and like uh i mean (laughs) He was, he was doing all that, and I'm, and I think his entire like he's really talented. Their guitarist was on a um, was on an Apple commercial, and you know they're, you know they're in that circle of like young bands people like in in the rock world, and and like his camp is like, dude, you're gonna fall down, you know, and it's like everybody's like watching him, thinking like he's gonna fall. But there's got to be like a happy medium for like you know safety and for sure. just doing crazy for sure. shit. You know, there is. You know, and we're living in a world that's very litigious, and um, you know, it isn't like it was when we probably grew up when kids rode around on motorcycles without helmets and did all these stupid things that most of us survived. <laughs> but uh, right. you know, it's, it, it, so that's why I think I show my age a little bit. But but there is a certain animal thing where there's risk and there's there's a little danger that the kind of to me, it just kind of gets my juices going a little too. I mean, when you're talking about a, a, a creative, expressive thing like music, you you don't want to have a lot of self censorship. You know, you, there's got to be a, a bit of a go for it thing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, and it it's like no? music is music too is like it, it got to you know the artists have full control. And then, you know, there's and there's so many like independent artists too that get discovered on things like TikTok and YouTube. And it's just there's yeah. also just so much and it, it's yeah. hard. It, there it's, is a lot. And it's also hard to tell from from like just a consumer of like who is genuine, you know. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's very hard to tell. People can approximate genuineness very well now <laughs> yeah. and it's very hard not to be just a cynical bastard and just hate everything because it's so it would be very easy to do that and i i catch myself all the time trying to be less curmudgeonly because you know the, if there is a good one you know why bash the good guys who are actually doing something and really care about it just yeah. by writing everything up it's just very easy to do and I, you're right 
I, I agree, and I, I think we need more curmudgeons. Uh, actually, <laughs> I think we need you people who uh, you know say no to dumb ideas. You know, but well, you know, it's interesting. What I thought, and one thing I really liked about your book, reading it, was when you're talking about the stories. You know, and when I decided to get in this rocket thing, everybody's talking about this. You need a story. You know, story is everything, and. All these stories, I'm hearing a lot of stories that are a lot of bullshit stories, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's funny, and in music is very similar. You know, we're living in a society now where it's kind of like, as long as it looks like it could be okay, it's okay. I, I'm not sure I'm completely cool with that. Yeah, and, and then there's the other side where there's the the like the reactive side where someone does something that is genuine, and right. it rubs someone the wrong way, and then you know people come after them. And oh, that, that, absolutely, absolutely. That, that's that's a, a very powerful and uh, very inhibiting thing. Absolutely, and we didn't have that either. This but I also, I also, I also think, and and I know they get it gets tagged as like the the woke culture and everything, but I also feel like you know some of that is it, it is necessary. Because we've had so many assholes in this world doing so many shitty things for far I too know. long. I know. And and it's almost like a reaction to that. And it, it just we, – we may we live in interesting times, Bill, you know? We do, and they're, they're going to get more interesting. There's no doubt. I agree but, you on know, that. I, what, I, what, what I do see is, though, and, I, and living in San Francisco, it, it's a fairly – you know, it's pretty liberal, actually. Uh, I had no idea. I, <laughs> but uh you know there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of things that even when you think that you're you're thinking for yourself you're not you know right. you follow a certain line of thinking i think the big danger really is this automatic unconscious thinking uh that influences us and being very aware i i just know myself like you know when I first got our load into Oakland of this, this Perva stuff, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I was so excited. Like, I'm going to go to this store because these guys just do boutique artisanal spirits and I'm going to blow them away. And they were just like, they were not into it. And, and that's, that's okay. But I'm also thinking like, you are the guys that are supposed to be the ones that are thinking outside all the time, you know? Right. And we have to really be aware, like not to get too proud of ourselves because how well we can think of how, how enlightened we are and how, you know, how woke we are and pat, keep patting ourselves on the back because we are always missing opportunities and information all the time. And yeah. it, it's really important to be aware of that. I think. Well, I will, I will tell you this. Uh, I will be, you'll be getting my like um, odd stamp of approval on it. I mean, I'm actually very fascinated by this uh, as well as like, you know, the story and how you came about to it, which is genuine. And, and, you know, I'm, um, I, I, I call it like I see it and, um, this stuff is really good and I think it's got a place in, uh, in a spirit lover's bar and I, I applaud you for it. I really do because this is, this is the kind of risk where you can lose a lot of money. You know, this is not, <laughs> this is, this is not there, a genre there, where that you, is the truth. You, you know, that is the truth. It's this is not a shit. genre that's going to no. save you with name. You know, you're you're in trouble. You, we talk about this is like music. I'll tell you where it's not like music is, you know, when you bring stuff in, the size of the U.S. economy and how much a distributor needs to see you to sell before they give a shit about you. Like, I didn't even think about that. You know, I was this idealistic guy. Like, I want to bring this unknown thing and bring it to America. And it's this is a brutal brutal machine um mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it can't be beat but it's it's a big deal well there's there's also like in addition to uh to wanting to know case sales you know they want to uh, want to know what kind of kickback you can give them right you know like how oh, much mar- all, how many marketing dollars you got <laughs> i mean it's 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 a whole i'm learning even this week i learned more than i knew last week i mean it's it's endless <laughs> it's never how deep ending. it gets yeah, yeah. Well, well, Bill. I hope but everyone here who listens to the show is is gonna find a bottle. I know it, and um, and I'll I'll connect with you to maybe help you out in a couple places as well. But 
I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And, Dude, you know, again, you. I've been, a, I've been a long time fan of faith. Absolutely. No more. And this was a real, a real honor for me. What was your, what was your favorite? Uh, was it the Mictors? Uh, absolutely. It was the Mictors. Uh, however, the whistle pig, I thought of a song. Um, oh, that's right. Because this is a very, it, it, it's a very lively and kind of fun song. Uh, the song called, um, uh, God damn it. I don't remember the names or the titles of our songs. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name of the song. I just, we have these code names for our songs. And I actually, once we put the title on the album, I forget what they were called. That, did you uh, write the song? Did you, did you uh, cut I it? I didn't, I didn't. Uh, I wrote part of it. Mike Patton wrote uh, part of it too. Uh, this, the, the, the lyric is happy birthday fuckers in it. Um, gentle art of making enemies. That's the one. That's a good. Uh, this That's is the gentle one. art of making enemies. I like it. I like that. All right. Well, All right, well, man. Bill, well, thanks for having me on. I really you, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for coming on. And is there a website people can go to? You can go to yebiga.com, Y-E-B-I-G-A.com. Uh, right now you can get us in California, Illinois, New York, uh, Florida, and um, Missouri. All right. uh, and uh, and uh, we're, we're just growing, you know can't grow too fast because uh you know it's crazy shit but we're, we're getting there uh and um also i would like to say thanks a shout out to all the serbian and balkan folks who know what this is and appreciate where we've gotten so far because i made a lot of really good friends and um this is why i keep doing it because it's a fucking blast awesome well we'll hang tight real quick as we kind right of like it. uh wrap wrap the show up but cool. i just i just want to say a big shout out to bill and um, you know, everyone, if you haven't listened to Faith No More, then, you know, you have, you just don't know it, but go listen to all their latest stuff. You know, that's one thing I didn't ask. Is there anything new coming out from the band that, that, that we should know about? I don't know. <laughs> there, there, there could be, there could be, but I actually cannot say. Oh, well, I know, I know how that goes. But in the meantime, go to Yebiga, Yebiga, Yep, did I say that right? Yebiga. Yebiga, yeah, Yebiga. Yebiga.com. Learn more about it. Bill, Thanks. Bill Gold, my guess, everybody. Thank you. And remember, vodka sucks. Cheers. So I'm going to start something new on this, uh, this podcast. First, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Billy Gold. I, I, I think it is amazing to see someone so passionate. Uh, no matter what their profession is previously, but he is so passionate about Serbian brandy, Rakija, and that's something that I, in my career, can count on my hand how many times I have seen that in the store. I've been doing this for 15 years and have not seen Rakija in a store before <laughs> outside of a, a place in California. So good luck to Bill. Uh, that passion he has for this project is incredible. I love it. Now, something new I'm going to start doing here on the podcast, uh, and it's actually it's it's little it's different than what I do at Bourbon Pursuit. So Bourbon Pursuit, I have this section called Above the Char, where I have people write me and you know get me get me to talk about something that's some kind of trend or some kind of historical element to bourbon. Uh, I don't really, I kind of, I kind of keep that stuff over there at Bourbon Pursuit because that's where it, it fits in my opinion. Uh, here I, I want to start looking at like, uh, how much is a bottle worth? Um, what, what can I get between such and such amount of money? Yeah, I don't know what we're going to call this particular section yet, but I know that I want to, to do this. So. Uh, you can write me at fredminnick.com with whatever question that you have. If you want it for Above the Char for Bourbon Pursuit, tag it that. If you want it on this podcast, tag it that. But just note that this one is a, is more of a monetary one versus uh, Bourbon Pursuit is more of a historical, trend-oriented um, subject. So this email comes from Zach Stratton. Hello, I recently started listening to your podcast and being new to whiskey and the bourbon game. I have enjoyed every episode so far. Well, thank you very much, Zach. Uh, I wanted to reach out to find more common and affordable whiskeys and bourbons to me. What would you suggest? I would be looking for something in the 30 to 50 range. Thank you. P.S. I would also like to get one of your podcast stickers. 
Well, the good news is by the time this thing airs, Zach should have received a sticker or we have one in pursuit to get to him. So 30 to $50 is a really, really good range uh, for everyday bourbons. Now, Knob Creek fits there. Four Roses Single Barrel fits there. Old Forester 1920, depending on your market, can be there. But you're probably going to actually be on the higher side. It's probably going to be more like $60. Uh, but Rare Breed would certainly be in that area. Um, you're going to find a lot of craft whiskeys now, too, that I would start suggesting people take a look at it, like Chattanooga Whiskey, uh, Spirits of French Lick. So there's a lot of brands that you would not necessarily think of that would be fitting in here. Also, things like David Nicholson, um, Elijah Craig. You know, there's so many things, and they're all very close in quality. A lot of them are very close in quality. But I also dropped a few links in the description just so you have them and you can take a look at some of the past uh, episodes I have done on this very subject. But, uh, Zach, I appreciate you tuning in. And if you'd like to be like Zach and uh, hit me up on fredminnick.com, click that contact button. Also, don't forget to ask for a sticker. We send free stickers to anybody who wants them. My, matter of fact, feel free to take a picture and show us how you use them. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, click that subscribe button or, um, you know, however you're listening to this, you know, podcast, give us a rating. It helps us with the algorithm overlords and, you know, just be safe out there, folks. If you're not following me on any of the socials, just hit me up on Fred Minnick. That's my name, F-R-E-D-M-I-N-N-I-C-K. But that's going to do it, folks. Be safe out there. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody.